The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Hello. Excuse me. Hello again. So, my name is Maria Strotman, and uh, I have been around IMC for something over 25 years as a student and a teacher of the Dharma. And I use those two words interchangeably. (laughs) Teacher and student. Because the one thing I'm sure of is that I don't know. I don't know. There are many things I don't know. And the things that I'm sure of, I'm unsure of. In the last few weeks, we have been talking about non-hatred, how do we deal with conflict, how are we in the midst of the unacceptable, and floating around in the back of my mind is, well, we really have to talk about forgiveness. And because I've been talking about forgiveness to a number of students over the last few months, and have to deal with the fact that basically they are rejecting what I say. I've had to think about why is that? Why is it that what I say about forgiveness comes across as something that's just not possible? How do we forgive what is unacceptable? You know, on the face of it, they just don't go together. If it's unacceptable, how can I forgive it? I can't say, it's okay, I'll just forget it. So the good news is, that's not what I mean by forgiveness. It's not what I mean by forgiveness. So, I'm going to spend a little bit of time talking about what we mean when we say forgiveness and what I mean when I say forgiveness and why we get tangled in this I can't let go of this harm that you have done me. So so one of the things that's true is when we think about forgiveness, we are used to thinking of it almost as a transaction. You have harmed me, you now owe me. There is a debt to be paid. There is a need for retribution. There's reparations. You must apologize. You must pay me back. There there is a need to even things up. We we kind of think of it as a balance somehow. Somehow the word forgiveness has taken on a connotation of something bought and sold. Something that where there there is this transaction between one activity and, and another. But forgiveness is actually a state of mind. 
And it's a state of mind that has to do with what one holds in one's heart. What do you hold in your heart? What do I hold in my heart? So what do we do? How do we live with hatred and conflict and ill will and the uncertainties that come with them? How do we keep from falling into anger and ill will when someone harms us, when someone is doing something that we find abhorrent? How do we keep from falling into that feeling of you must, not only you must be stopped, but you must pay back. That payback feature somehow has gotten embedded in our idea of forgiveness. If I forgive you, then I'm telling you it's okay. Really? Huh. I don't intend to say it's okay. I don't intend to say that it's all right. The dictionary says that uh, forgiveness is to cease to feel resentment against on account of a wrong committed. That's the dictionary definition. To cease to feel resistance, resentment. Ah, now, now we're getting closer. Resentment. How could you? How could you have done that to me? How could they do that to them? And the buildup of that resentment. You know, I've lived long enough that a lot of bad things have happened in my life. Things that I've been resentful about, things that have been harmful to me, things I've thought were wrong. Some of those things I carried around with me for a very, very, very long time. And in letting go of those things, I didn't pardon them. I didn't absolve people. It's not as if forgiveness is necessarily tied to confession. I was raised Catholic, so, you know, I got used to going in, saying confession, and the priest would tell me how many Hail Marys I had to say so that I could wipe those sins away. You know, this tendency to say, if I do something bad that I have to pay for it, you know, I can see some, I can see some reason for retribution. But the person who's holding the other end of that string, and saying, I'm not going to let go of that string. I'm going to tie myself to you. The question is, why? Why are you tying yourself to that bad event? Why am I tying myself to my ex-husband's foibles? What's that about? Why am I carrying around resistance Resentment for someone stealing my work and publishing it. Why? 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 Why hold on to it? What difference does it make? It makes a difference, real difference. It's a harming. But holding on to the resentment is not harming anybody but me. 
That's the part. That part of the suffering, I don't want to hold on to that anymore. That's the part that we get rid of in, in forgiveness. So there are lots of definitions for, for uh, synonyms for, for forgiveness. Things like pardon, remission, indulgence, understanding, tolerance. Somehow all of those seem to give somebody a pass, right? I don't want to give anybody a pass. I don't want to say it's okay. I don't want to say it doesn't matter. I might want to provide people with mercy, with clemency, that kind of forgiveness, where I say, okay, okay. But suppose, suppose I decide I'm going to forgive you because now you're going to owe me. Hmm. Now we're back into the transaction phase, and it's not mercy at all. It's something entirely different. Now it's much more vengeful or greedy. I've known people who have totally destroyed relationships because they're waiting for an apology. If, if you can't apologize to me, that's it. It's over. Really, over an apology. <sighs> because there's so much weight on that apology. It has something to do with who I am and what I mean and who you are and what you mean. And we really load up these things that are harmful. And we build them into something we create, we, we create a harm story. And then when it starts to fade, we build it up again, we retell the story so that we can be angry again. And wars, full of savagery and cruelty, have arisen from murderous attacks. Not everything is trivial. When harm is done, we tend to establish blame. We measure the amount of harm. We vow we're not going to forget them. We're not going to forget this source of harm. We don't condone this behavior, and therefore you need to be punished. And we measure it out. So much punishment for so much offense. Somehow, we need to step away from this tendency to take those who harm us as somehow directing against me and mine and who I am and what I am. The self-interest of the harm the self-interest. When we look at it from a Buddhist point of view, there, there is what we call a forgiveness practice. And it's usually best based on a couple of different ideas, one of which is don't hold hatred in one's heart, non-hatred, the practice of non-hatred, which is kind of where I'm going to go with this. The importance of forgiving oneself, 
so that we t- don't turn harm against us and turn it into self-criticism and uh, a belief that this wouldn't have happened if I'd been a better person. And, and the third one is non-clinging. Non-clinging. Don't hold on to that string. But how do we refer to the process of letting go of the past without saying something about pretending there wasn't any hurt or granting somebody a free pass or making an excuse for someone? So at one point in my practice, I decided that I was carrying a lot of resentment toward my father. And I spent a lot of time doing forgiveness practice around my father. And eventually, I came to the point where I said, okay, you know what? He did the best he could do, and i got to let go of that. And about the 150th time I heard myself say he did the best he could do, I realized I was making an excuse for him. And what if it wasn't the best he could do? And I had to start the whole thing over again. Because I hadn't let go of it, I just made an excuse for it. So one of the things about forgiveness is you have to be brutally honest. <laughs> you have to really look at what you're, what you're deciding and why you're deciding it. What am I saying about it? But to me, forgiveness means renouncing the suffering of anger and resentment. Renouncing the suffering that comes with anger and resentment. That's what forgiveness is. It almost doesn't matter who the person is. Myself. Exes in my life. Governments doing things I don't believe in. The anger and the hatred I have to own. The resentment I have to own. They didn't create that. I am. That's that's kind of tough, really. (laughs) You know, somebody harms you, and then you have to take you have to take responsibility for your response. Yep, that's how it works. That's how it works. We have to stay in a place where we don't hold grudges or hold on to old hurts. Or arrive at a place where we don't hold grudges or hold on to old hurts. Because, you know, face it, we all have them. But letting go of them is also possible. And then one day you wake up and you say, what was the big deal? Why was that so hard? I still don't agree with what that person did. And I'm not going to go to them and say it was okay. But I can go to them and say, you know what, I'm free of you now. I'm actually free of that. Because I am not holding ill will toward you because of that. That's what freedom is. And that's what forgiveness is. It's 
residing in the place where I am not tied to that. You know, some people think that <clears throat> the way to get through forgiveness towards someone that has offended you is to do metta practice. And it's, it's useful to do metta practice, you know, wishing people well. Because it softens your heart or tends to soften your heart, makes your heart more resilient, more willing to open. But there's a tendency to think that if you've harmed me, I'm just going to wish you well and, you know, then everything will be great. But what if you don't wish them well? (laughs) What if you just want to break the connection that keeps you tied to them in any way? What if you just wish you could wish them well? That's pretty good. I wish I could wish you well because I don't want to be tied to thinking ill of you anymore. And that's what I'm giving up. That's what I'm letting go of. I'm letting go of the desire to harm you in return. I'm saying no to that. I'm living in the now and not in the memory of what happened. This is possible. This is possible. It's possible to forgive ourselves. Now, how, how often have you said to yourself, why did I do that? Why did I stay there? Why did I do this? And wring our hands, regretting. There's nothing wrong with regret and remorse. But then we let go of it. Guilt is not useful. It just builds up the story about what a crummy person I am. Rather, I want to live in a world where happiness is possible. I regret that, and I'm not going to do that again. I regret that, and now I'm, I'm severing that relationship, so I don't have to do that anymore. You know, in the... When I was talking about non-hatred, I read from the the beginning of the Dhammapada, right? That that talked about the importance of keeping a a free and open heart. All experience is preceded by mind, led by mind, made by mind. Speak or act with a corrupted mind, and suffering follows like the wheels of a cart behind the hooves of the ox. All experiences preceded by mind, led by mind, made by mind. Speak or act with a peaceful mind, and happiness follows like a never-departing shadow. I find that just gloriously hopeful. Yes, that's where I want to live. Right there. And what comes immediately after that is... 
He abused me, attacked me, defeated me, robbed me. For those carrying on like this, hatred does not end. She abused me, attacked me, defeated me, robbed me. For those not carrying on like this, hatred ends. This sounds like the way I look at forgiveness. Letting go of resentment. Removing myself from harm, but letting go of the need for retribution, to right old wrongs, stepping away from the connection that is tying me down to a constant retelling of the story, constant retelling of the story. The Buddha says, Speak not harshly to anyone, for those spoken to might retort. Indeed, angry speech hurts, and retaliation may overtake you. You know, as we we hit back, the next thing that happens is they hit back at us, and then we hit back at them, and then they hit back with us. Does this sound like any conversations you've had? And on and on and on it goes. He who checks rising anger as a charioteer checks a rolling chariot. Chariot, Him I call a true charioteer. Others only hold the reins. Another quote from the Buddha. He's saying that controlling one's anger Controlling one's need to strike back puts you in control. It really puts you in the place where the suffering only occurs if you allow it to. it's not as if it happens overnight, you know? You just decide, okay, I'm not going to let it bother me anymore. Really. (laughs) I'm talking about years of practicing this to see any change. But it's the small things that make a difference. I was looking here, I'm going to read you something here from uh, Jane Hirschfield. See what This, this poem is called Changing Everything. Changing Everything. I was walking again in the woods. A yellow light was sifting all I saw. Willfully, with a cold heart, I took a stick, lifted it to the opposite side of the path. There, I said to myself, that's done now brushing one hand against the other to clean them of the tiny fragments of bark. 
a tiny thing, lifting a stick and moving it to the other side of the path, taking one action and saying, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to drop that. I'm not going to pick up that insult. And then you go, oh, you know, that wasn't so bad. That, that actually, oh. It changes everything. It changes everything. Now, the Buddha did actually talk about forgiveness. And he had a word, there's a word in Pali called kama, K-H-A-M-A. It means the earth. What does that have to do with forgiveness? And it, it is the patient, forgiving, tolerant, enduring, bearing, hardened, hardened to. It's the sense of uh, continuation, steadiness, kind of steadiness of mind. And he referred to it when he talked about the difference, uh, when he talked about conflict between his monks. And he said, okay, conflict will arise. And so what he did not want to have happen was for people to endure continuing conflict. So there was, he set out a number of rules for how they should resolve conflict among the groups. And it involved people getting together and the the wrongdoer, the wrongdoer, should admit his transgression, and the person, the other person, should accept that apology, and then they should agree to go forward under certain rules. But but you have to agree that you on what's right and what's wrong at the outset. And if you can't, then you cannot reconcile. So there's a difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. So there is someone that I've been talking to for quite a long time who who really wants to reconcile with a family member and can't seem to make it happen. But sometimes you have to learn to accept that it's a two-way street and you have to give up expecting what is not offered what is not on offer. And not continue your own suffering by trying to right a wrong that requires something of someone who is unwilling to go there. Reconciliation is not the same thing as finding forgiveness and letting go of ill will. They're different functions entirely different features. So I have this this quote from uh, Tanjeff. When you forgive me for harming you, you decide not to retaliate, to seek no revenge. You don't have to like me. You simply unburden yourself of the weight of resentment and cut the cycle of retribution that would otherwise keep us ensnarled in an ugly samsaric wrestling match. This is a gift you give us both, totally on your own, 
without my having to know or understand what you've done. You see, forgiveness doesn't require the other person to know that you've forgiven them. You're totally free of the other person. All you have to do is let go of it. You don't have to tell them. You don't have to explain it to them. You don't have to justify it. You just stop. What we want to do is live more in the world of response rather than reactivity. You can respond to what is harmful. Reactivity is more of an automatic response where you you are not paying any attention to what's going on and you tend to get things that are not very skillful as a consequence of that. But with a steady mind, we can see what's happening. We can see an offense happening and we can say, "Mm, this is very familiar. I think I'll pause here. I don't have to go into this. I think I said a couple of weeks ago that I was very happy when I watched uh, a a recent TV show and found found myself not reacting to something that's a a typical trigger for me. And I went, oh my goodness, look at that, I didn't react. It was very exciting. (laughs) There's a a famous Tibetan story about a couple of monks that had been uh, imprisoned. And afterward, one saying to the other, well, you know, do you think you can ever forgive him? And he said, never, never, I'll never forgive them. And he said, oh, too bad, you're still imprisoned. And that's the way it is. If you can never forgive someone, you are the person who is imprisoned by that. And that's what you need to let go of. That's what we need to let go of. First, free ourselves. Free ourselves. We have to see what we're holding in our hearts. And that's where we want to put our energy. What am I holding in my heart? How can I, how can I see that in a way? So that's going to give me another opportunity to read a poem to you. This is about not having any practice. So this is by uh, Wystawa Zimborska, who's a a Polish poet, uh, Nobel laureate. Life while you wait. Performance without rehearsal. Body without alterations head without premeditation. I know nothing of the role I play. I only know it's mine. I can't exchange it. I have to guess on the spot just what this play is all about. Ill-prepared for the privilege of living, I can barely keep up with the pace that the action demands. I improvise, although I hate improvisation. I trip at every step over my own ignorance. I can't conceal my hayseed manners. My instincts are for hammy histrionics. 
Stage fright makes excuses for me, which humiliates me more. Extenuating circumstances strike me as cruel. Words and impulses you can't take back. Stars you'll never get counted. Your character like a raincoat you button on the run. The pitiful results of all this unexpectedness. If I could just rehearse one Wednesday in advance, or repeat a single Thursday that has passed. But here comes Friday with a script I haven't seen. Is it fair, I ask, my voice a little hoarse, since I couldn't even clear my throat off stage? You'd be wrong to think it's just a slapdash quiz taken in makeshift accommodations. Oh, no. I'm standing on the set, and I see how strong it is. The props are surprisingly precise. The machine rotating the stage has been around even longer. The farthest galaxies have been turned on. Oh, no, there's no question. This must be the premiere. And whatever I do will become forever what I've done. Whatever I do will become forever what I've done. So hold in your heart who you want to be, how you want to be. Don't give anyone else the power to decide that. It's hard enough to decide for yourself. The practices that we typically use for forgiveness fat practice are very simple. For any harm that I may have caused myself, knowingly or unknowingly, through my thoughts, words, or actions, I offer myself forgiveness as best I can. Everything else is a variation of that. For any harm you may have caused me, knowingly or unknowingly, through thoughts, words, or actions, I offer my forgiveness as best I can. For any harm I have done you through thoughts, words, or actions, knowingly or unknowingly, I ask your forgiveness as best you can. That's it. Those phrases, you repeat them and see what arises in your heart. See what comes up. It doesn't say, shame on you, shame on me. It says, may I let go of any resentment I have toward myself for any actions I may have taken, knowingly or unknowingly, through thought, word, or deed, as best I can. I mean, there are all kinds of little slippery places there. It's not harsh. It's not intended to be harsh. It's intended to be free and open so that you can be free and open, so that I can be free and open. The word forgiveness is not an erasure. It's really a letting go
it's, it's taking the tension between you and some previous event and saying, I don't have to hold on to this. It says absolutely nothing about whether you continue to fight against a cause, stand up for a cause, reject behavior, form opinions about behaviors. It only says, I'm letting go of the resentment. I had a... I I was uh, active in a particular environmental issue at one time, and there was a person who was sort of the head of the other side. And every time I would head to town, that guy's name would come in my mind, and I would just become agitated as I was driving to town. This is when I lived out in the country. And I could feel that agitation, and my stomach would get tense. and, And then I thought about that, and I thought, you know... This person does not even know I exist. This person that I'm giving this power to create this turmoil in my stomach doesn't know my resentment. This is all mine. All mine. Whatever else is true. Whether I continue to fight against what he is trying to do to the environment, and he continues to do whatever he's doing to the environment, has nothing to do with my getting all roiled up and upset on the way to town. And when you see that clearly, it becomes very easy to let go of it. Wait a minute. What's, what am I getting upset about? This is, it's right here. All I have to do is stop doing that. All I have to do is say, okay, this isn't useful. I've got to go do something useful now. To, to get rid of the extra stuff that we imbue, the extra importance, taking the weight of resentment off our plates. That's forgiveness. So those are my thoughts. I hope that's helpful. Thank you. So, any comments, questions? I do accept criticism. (laughs) Would you please use the microphone because we're recording this? I just write things down. I just have, on my phone, we all have notes, right? And Uh I just write down the thought. And often I don't go back and read it again. And it seems to relieve, Uh if you know what I'm saying. Uh The practice of not letting something fester. (laughs) Not having to retell the story. That poem you read about the stage, Mm -hmm. who wrote that, and what was its name? That was awesome. It's a woman, Wistava Zimborska. Oh, lovely. I won't remember that one. (laughs) 
uh, Polish. She's, um, it's S-Z-Y-M-B-O-R-S-K-A. Yeah, I think I'll come up afterwards and write it down. <laughs> I won't remember that. But that was just like, oh, yeah, that's, that's my life. Yeah, I love that one. Yeah. I guess for me, um, uh, a thought of forgiveness brings with it sort of a fear that if the person that I'm forgiving um, has done something wrong and and I forgive them, then maybe they're going to do it again. Um, And yeah, I don't know how to deal with that. Yeah, yeah. That that's that's a, a um, that's a very valid concern, and um, and it is not incord- included in caring resentment. So, if I fear someone's going to do it again, whatever it is, then I feel that I have a responsibility to. Uh, either not put myself in the way of that happening again or somehow mm, trying to prevent it to happen from happening to others. So an example of that might be uh, uh, any kind of racial discrimination or uh, 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 being in an abusive household. It, it's not okay. I might let go of my resentment, but that has to stop, whatever that that behavior is. Abuse of other people, harming of other people, this, that, has to, that has to be stopped. And so uh, the forgiveness is not saying that's okay. Now, if, it's a, if, if the forgiveness is within an ongoing relationship, then there is a need for the, the process of reconciliation where where there is an agreement on what is right or wrong, or there has to be some some break. So it, uh, I don't want to imply that it should it should be allowed to happen again. Also, kind of tied in with that is uh, when one remains in a relationship where it is repeated, then. Uh, there's a possibility for self-criticism from that as well. And so coming to terms with why one is choosing to stay in that relationship is very important. Thank you. I I don't know if I addressed your particular issue, but that's... um, I, I think it's extremely important that forgiveness does not include it's okay that this happens again. It can't happen. You can't if if it's harmful. It should not happen. There's a, uh, there's a, a, a wonderful quote. Unfortunately, I cannot remember the Korean Zen master's name, but he had this this wonderful phrase. He said, "There is no right and no wrong, but right is right and wrong is wrong." And when when you think about that, it's you know you may think this is right, and I may think that is right, and they won't agree. But killing someone is wrong. 
So, so in that regard, you know, you can, if, if you hear that in your head and you listen to that, I may not agree with you, but this behavior I will not tolerate. But I don't have to tie myself to the burden of resentment as a consequence. Uh, that space I have to navigate, that's, that's on me. The, the burden of ill will and, and resentment. Be safe, everyone. Thank you. I've enjoyed being here the last three weeks. It's been fun.